0: So excited to announce that Soulful Valley is now a publishing house. Following my incredible journey with Intuitive, I was led to the opportunity to train as a publisher. My first project is a multi author book called Evolving on Purpose Mindful Ancestors Paving the Way for Future Generations. If you are a coach or healer and are serious about creating an impact and becoming more visible and would like to invest in this project, Becoming a best selling author in the process, send me an email to soulfulvalleypodcast at gmail.com and I'll send you an application link. We've already begun the journey. Our authors in the hub at the moment are writing their book bios. If you feel called to this amazing experience, get your application in as quickly as possible and let's make your dreams a reality. Gotta love yourself for over 25 years, Mark has become a leading addiction and mental health recovery journey changemaker through 20 years of research, discovering 130 plus factors that sustain ongoing addiction, reward deficiency syndrome and mental health struggles. Not only does he advocate for collaborative, multi-science, multidiscipline, and multi-practitioner provider recovery journeys, he leads pioneering work in how families, individual practitioners and recovery providers can both quickly and effectively self-discover what unique to the individual combination of disease-sustaining factors have been blocking a person's or a family's recovery and then be linked to the right collaborative combination of recovery disciplines, practitioners, providers and resources to repair and overcome every disease-sustaining factor and achieve a joyful, rewarding and sustained recovery. Mark is a collaborative individual and family recovery pathway specialist, an integrative consulting addictionologist non-medical and an addiction and mental health certified recovery nutritional coach with the Academy for Addiction and Mental Health Nutrition. Hello and welcome Mark. Welcome to Soulful Valley. It's great to have you here.
1: Thank you. I am so excited to be here. I've been uh, everything you've put into getting the podcast off the ground and the success you've had. So yeah, I'm uh, privileged, feeling really very privileged to be here.
0: Thank you. I know. I think this is. Um, I think I've just up- uploaded the forty eighth episode today. So I'm quite, wow. I'm quite impressed with myself.
1: Yeah, I've you got right. so power. You <laughs> so, so you should be. So you should be. Yeah. Oh, yeah, awesome.
0: So, Mark, I know you because when I run the charity, you came and worked on a project with me, and it was all around uh, addiction, and it, it was called the Live Life Beyond Project, and I really, really wanted you to come on and talk about the work that you do, because it was fantastic, and I think more people need to know about it with the state of addiction in society these days. And the fact yeah. that there are things that they could access that are not available through mainstream yes. NHS that you can actually do to help yourself. So
1: yeah, would you
0: like to to tell our listeners a bit about that?
1: Yeah, thank you so much. Yes, I think, as, as, as you rightly say, there's uh, um, it's very, very difficult to kind of access either uh, information that is, is accurate and he's really really going to make a difference to you um but um and and it's also i think we've got into a state where people assume that um if if there's you know an addicted person in the family uh that the family can't be empowered to do anything about it i think um you know the setup in the health system in this country probably most other countries in the world people are programmed into thinking do you know what I've got to wait until treatment's available um and I know Katie you've watched people go through waiting lists haven't you waiting for the treatment to occur Um, that
0: often never arises
1: (laughs) well
0: exactly (laughs) so that's the problem or not the right not the right treatment maybe yeah put, maybe put you on a detox and not give you any other support after it or
1: yeah 100%. there's massive gaps
0: isn't there in the in the
1: um... yeah i mean if you're lucky enough to get in there in the first place and get some treatment you'll say so right there are so many huge gaps um that that, that are not there so I, I i guess what i'm excited to share with your listeners is that um hopefully i'm going to share some stuff which will empower listeners whether they're struggling with some form of dependency or addiction themselves or it's a family member. Um, I, I Hopefully, <laughs> we'll be able to share something that, that people can lock on to. And the big message, I guess, I would really love people to walk away with is actually if you're a family member or an individual going through it yourself, there is some really powerful stuff that you can do right now you don't have to wait for treatment so if, if if people have switched off you know immediately after this which I hope they don't but if they definitely at least know that bit um so firstly um one of the big things I would really love to share um is something that's not yet really in the mainstream but I, I'm Kind of fighting to get it there is that we shouldn't really be talking about addiction, we should really be talking about um, something which I've kind of called birth to addiction and reward deficiency spectrum. I um, think it's really important to understand that it is a birth to addiction spectrum because actually, um, whether we wind up being addicted or suffering other reward deficiency um, conditions. It, for some it can start pre-birth so and it is a spectrum it's a it's a growth of things it's a progressive illness um, you know it's not like an illness that just suddenly appears um, you might suddenly realize you've got it but it's taken off from years and years too <clears throat> to kind of get there so uh, and the other exciting thing about that is that because we actually know I've spent um, 25 years old, since I first worked, came to work by accident in a rehab and discovering that people just would come in. I mean, with us, they'd do a year's worth of treatment, leave. Um, and it, it, it was so much the norm that even then people would relapse. Oh, we have people coming in who'd been in for treatment six, seven, eight, nine, ten 10 times. Uh, we'd have people leave and die within months of leaving treatment and it was all really confusing to me because I was just a member of the public with at that time young and teenage kids. So I knew nothing about it. So over the 25 years, because I've uh, researched and understand you know, all of the elements that come to make up addiction, um, because we know what all the factors are, um, not just through my research, but you know where I've researched other researchers who've been at this for far longer than I have what because we know what all the factors are that bring people into addiction the exciting thing now is especially with some um, relatively new advances over the last sort of five or six years we can actually the scope has opened up for us to prevent people getting into addiction in the first place and I find that super exciting because we all know how challenging it is for people to get themselves back out of addiction so if we can stop people getting in there in the first place Mm. wouldn't wouldn't that be amazing (laughs) Um, so I I, I kind of wanted just to share 10 what what I've kind of discovered to be um, we've brought about sort of 10 real major kind of advances um, and key factors in understanding addiction, but most importantly, for people to be able to achieve um, a life to live beyond their addiction. Um, So the first thing um, to understand is that actually addiction is part, it's just one um, diagnosis, if you like, one condition within a bigger spectrum of things called reward deficiency syndrome. And So, you know, when I talk to families and people themselves that that have got an addiction and I said, you know what, actually what you've got is reward deficiency syndrome. All of a sudden, the penny kind of drops for people and I think, my God, yeah, actually it is that, isn't it? Because whatever the addictive activity is that I'm doing, I am chasing a reward or at least it starts out that way before it gets into being total destruction. Now. Huge amount over forty years of research has gone into reward deficiency syndrome, and we we understand that reward deficiency syndrome is um, a chemical uh, one or more chemical defects in the reward pathway. So I think most of us are familiar, at some in some way, shape or form. We understand that we've got kind of a reward system in the brain and reward deficiency syndrome is where actually some of the chemical messengers in that reward pathway are not working quite properly and therefore people don't get the rewards or um, they kind of have to work harder to get them. So we understand, and I think here's the big, one of the big myths to blow for people, is that actually addiction and reward deficiency is a physiological illness. It's not a psychological illness, and I know you know the the treatment professions worldwide um, have spent decades treating it as a psychological illness, um, i.e., an illness of our of our thinking and our thought processes and our emotions. Whereas actually, it's not. It's a biochemical illness. There's a biological biochemical imbalance in our bodies. So. If, if, you know, your listeners out there are professionals working in the field or they've perhaps got a family member that they suspect may have a problem, um, that's the first thing to understand, okay? It, it's a biochemical illness which causes um, a completely involuntary compulsion to do whatever the addictive activity is, you know, whether that's drinking, whether it's using drugs, um, overusing or misusing prescribed medication, whether it's gambling, shopping, Sex addiction, TV addiction, um, you know, a, a, any of those activities.
0: Social media.
1: Oh yes, social media. Social yes. media. yes, yeah, good one. Yeah, absolutely. Gaming, absolutely. Ne- needing all
0: of those likes, and comments. Yeah,
1: absolutely. <laughs> and um, and actually, you know, being addicted even to um, you know, even to having uh, you know, aesthetics addiction is is kind of a big but unrecognized one, where people need to change their appearance. um that's that's huge as well so hopefully that that so that's one key point it's not psychological it's biochemical and actually there are three when you look specifically then at the addiction illness within reward deficiency um there are we know there are three clear pathways into into addiction uh one is that people um, are genetically predisposed to becoming addicted before they're born, so they're born with some slight variations in their genetic makeup. Um, and we know, I'll talk a little bit about that, more about that in a minute. So those genetics create and lead on to us having a deficiency in our neurotransmitters. For so those listeners that don't quite know what neurotransmitters are, in really simple, straightforward terms. They're the little chemical messengers that make us do everything. So our brain works and gets us to do everything. Every function in our body is driven by little chemical messengers that are sent out from the brain. Um, And those chemical messengers are called neurotransmitters because they're transmitting messages. So this genetic imbalance that that people could be born with creates depletions in, in these neurotransmitters. And and then we would have an environmental factors which you need to add in. So for example, somebody who's genetically predisposed to addiction um have got neurotransmitter depletions and then they drink alcohol, uh for them they well, you know, they could go on to be an alcoholic. Um if nobody's if, if somebody's never takes a drink of alcohol, then obviously they could never become alcoholic, um, in the same way that You know, I'm never likely to become um, whatever, you know, addictive propensities I might have. I'm never going to become a gambler because I've never gambled in my life, for example. Um, So for the time we've got, so that pathway is genetics, neurotransmitter depletion, environmental factors, i.e. I get engaged in some form of coping mechanism or addictive activity, and then I wind up with addiction. Um, The second pathway in uh, is and this one really, really worries me, especially at the moment, uh, about long-term stress and trauma, mm. and particularly when people have had, uh, you know, in their younger years, in their early years, they've had, perhaps they've lived in a very stressful house environment, perhaps they've suffered traumas. Um, I don't know you, you if, uh, in fact, I think I've heard, heard some of your uh, other guests talking about the um, ACEs um I That was me. Health. That
0: was that was uh in my chapter. So my ACE score yeah. was an eight out of ten.
1: Out. Wow, okay. I yeah. only
0: recently discovered that after I closed the charity, so I'm supporting all of these other people and I had an ace score myself. I was tra- <laughs> heavily traumatized. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, there
1: you go, but 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 not an addict, you no. Know? So so for, for for these uh so for long prolonged periods of either stress and trauma. And quite often they come wrapped up together, particularly in those formative early years. And early years, remember, really, when the brain is still forming, um, you know, is up to kind of 70, the ages of 17 and 20. So, I know, age scores uh, are are done for kind of under 18, sub 18. But actually, just remember, our brains are actually not formed, finished forming until they're kind of, uh, we're 17 and 20. So that long-term stress or trauma creates this, neuro, this neurotransmitter depletion. And again, we'll have some environmental factors then. Maybe that person has reached out for coping strategies. Maybe they started smoking or drinking or you know, using drugs or gaming. Um, you know, gaming is a big way of people avoiding perhaps what's going on in a traumatic family situation. And
0: eating. Food that's not healthy for you as well it can be an, an emotional yeah. go-to. Shopping.
1: Yeah, yeah, absolutely. All of those things. Hustling. So, those... H- hustling.
0: hustling in business.
1: Yeah. There's yeah. a lot
0: of people online who are in hustle mode.
1: Right,
0: <laughs> yeah. Who are addicted yeah. to it. <laughs> Definitely yeah. addicted I to could, it. Yeah,
1: no, I can yeah, get that. Um, so those are the environmental factors, and then we wind up again with addiction. And then the third pathway is chemical toxicity. So, for somebody where that pathway is in, that would be somebody who perhaps in 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 early years um, has ingested, has got into that habit of of uh, ingesting lots of toxins. Uh, be that alcohol, be that um, illicit drugs, um, be uh, be that chemicals, um, even prescribed medication at an early age. Um, So again, that that creates neurotransmitter imbalances and depletions because obviously the body's not supposed to have all of these toxins in there um, with the same environmental factors we talked about before and you wind up with addiction. So the first thing, if you're looking to get beyond addiction, whether it's yourself or a family member, is to really get to the bottom of understanding what was the pathway in? Is it genetics? Is it long-term stress and trauma? Or is it chemical toxicity? And of course, for some people, it becomes a combination of, of a okay. couple of those. Yeah. Um, so every journey should start with that. And incredibly, when people go into treatment centres, they don't even bother looking at that in any great detail at all. So the third thing to, to, to share is that um, it's also really, under, really, really important for us to uh, to know that we can work out what our alcohol biotype is. Coming from uh, some really great research that was done by the late um, Dr. Joan Matthews-Larsen, what she discovered was that our bodies, the human body, reacts to alcohol in one of six different ways. Uh, Three of those are alcoholic um, responses and three of them are non-alcoholic responses. So, whatever dependency or addiction people might think they've got going on, it's really important to, to, to get this assessment done and to discover um, what, what your alcohol response biotype is. And the reason that's really important is that in, in, in the field of addiction recovery, uh, it's not at all unusual for people perhaps to have what would be a process addiction So gaming, gambling, shopping, those types of things. So in other words, the non-chemical addictions. Uh, And it's really usual for people to get specific treatment or to recover from their process addiction um, to, to then find, unfortunately, down the road that they slide into alcohol dependency and alcohol addiction. Um, and that would be because they didn't know, nobody looked for, and they didn't know that actually they've also got an alcoholic biotype response to alcohol. Um, now, wh- why do we need to know which type it is? Well, simply this, because each of the three different types of of um, alcoholic biotypes, each of those three uh, comes about because the body is responding to different um, different elements and different processes, and actually by treating that process very specifically, because you know it's there, will absolutely A, speed up somebody's recovery, and B, help them to maintain their recovery in the longer term. So, for example, one one of the um, alcoholic biotypes, um, the uh, allergic addictive biotype, uh, people that have got an allergic addictive biotype are Um, very susceptible to they're almost always addicted to sugar so for example if you didn't know that you had that type of um, alcohol biotype uh, let's say you got into recovery uh, but down the road if you don't know that sugar is uh, is that great danger to you then back will come your alcoholism again back will come your dependency again Whereas actually, if you know that that's, uh, that's your gateway to taking you back to alcohol, uh, then you know, there's a whole bunch of things that you can do to uh, prevent going down that pathway. It's the fourth really exciting development, uh, which is really key, is, is something called the Genetic Addiction Risk Score um, or, or the GALS test. So when I mentioned that uh, one of the pathways in is genetic, uh, through genetic variations for us, uh, in the world of genetics, polymorphisms, but in my world, variations in, in the expression of, of how genes express themselves. Um, we can actually now test for 21 of the key, um, variations or polymorphisms that can occur across, um, across 11 of our genes, which are specifically related to reward deficiency syndrome, um, and you know, th- this reward deficiency syndrome, as I've talked about, is right. about a fault in that brain's cascade of neurotransmitters, um, and actually, if we've got faults there, they can lead not only to addiction behaviours, but to impulse control behaviours, um, obsessive disorders, um, as well as compulsive and personality disorders. Uh, so things like OCD, for example. Interestingly, PTSD is also, so post-traumatic stress disorder, uh, is also um, a part of um, reward deficiency. Um, uh, as well as um, ADD, you know, attention deficit disorder, ADHD. They are actually um, diagnostic symptoms of um, reward deficiency syndrome so everything I'm talking about here today would apply to to people with ADHD with PTSD obsessive compulsive disorders etc probably
0: most mental um, illness
1: so a huge yeah I mean actually there's uh, across the um without reeling them all off there's 32 um conditions um within reward deficiency syndrome which as you say you know cover a very large proportion of what we would see as the major mental health conditions that we deal with today. So even things you know like schizophrenia, personality disorders. Um, so the, the 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 great thing about this test is that that enables us to understand if there's a genetic fault in somebody's reward pathway that is contributing to or actually being the primary cause of one of those conditions. Um and what what this test does in essence is it it, 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 it identifies where the faults are on this whole reward pathway. Um, and the good news is that having identified where the faults are, somebody can then take um, what we call the neuronutrient supplement combination to repair that fault. So actually what we're talking about now is that when it comes to... Uh, reward deficiency. Um, we're we're kind of at the same stage as we are with a car. You know, you drive a car into a garage. Nowadays, they hook it up to a computer to get the diagnosis because <laughs> it's so complex. Um, you you get an an identification of where the faults are, and and then a mechanic repairs it. In this case, um, the individual is the mechanic because actually, what they'll get is a specific prescription for a specific precision targeted. Neuronutrient supplement which will repair that 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 fault that particular fault or range of faults within their reward pathway uh which means they are literally the individual is literally by taking a capsule a day uh, is actually repairing their brain and i find that so exciting it's still yeah, it's
0: fantastic I, isn't
1: it it still kind of blows my mind to this day um so to so, We've got the power now to do a really scientific diagnostic test. Um, and that will actually, even if somebody hasn't manifested into these reward deficiency behaviours and hasn't manifested if, if addiction is going to be their particular manifestation. You know, what I find exciting about this case is that you know, lots of families worry. I think lots of people know that addiction is um, you know there's an inheritable element to it and we now know that's more than 50 percent so how exciting is this that actually we can now do this genetic test it's just a a mouth swab how exciting that we can do that for our children and actually pre-understand whether they are predisposed to going down those pathways because if we know that we can actually do those repairs first and prevent people from going down these pathways. So,
0: and prevention rather than waiting until it's too late and curing is uh, is going to be a far easier 100%. task, isn't it? In the future,
1: definitely, hundred uh, percent. Just so exciting, really exciting. Um, so the fifth big thing is that having uh, kind of pulled all this research together, um, what what we've now What we can now provide to people is what the NHS can't provide to people when it comes to addiction recovery, and even some of the other mental health um, conditions that we've mentioned. You know, when it comes to physical illness, you go to the NHS and they've got all of these pathways, haven't they? You know, they've got mapped out pathways, um, pathways of diagnostics, and then they've got mapped out treatment pathways, haven't they? now they've actually got there. You can look them up online. Um, and, and, and they're there for all physical illnesses, but not for the physical illness of addiction, not for these, many of these other mental health, mental health problems or the behavioral, um, challenges that people have. So the exciting thing about all of this research that I've pulled together from these, you know, dozens and dozens and dozens of researchers uh, across the globe, is we've actually pulled, we've actually identified um, 130 plus um, kind of addiction causing or behavioural problem causing or emotional problem causing um, factors that we can identify very easily for people. Um, and if we can identify what a particular, what each person's, um, unique to them combination of these factors is um, we also know how to repair each of those factors and therefore um, by understanding these factors empowering people to know what they are we can also empower people to start carrying out the repairs working with the treatments and therapies that are necessary um, to get that unique to the individual kind of repair Um, so having identified those uh, the, the sixth big development is that we actually now can deliver that through a checkup process, um, which, which is uh, we're, we're in the process of, of getting that checkup process fully into an online scenario. We, we can do people's neurotransmitter depletion uh, kind of assessment. We can already do that online and give people a nice little blueprint as to how to repair that. So having that checkup for these for is just a, a hugely massive breakthrough. Because that is the diagnostic, if you like, that. that's the same as, you know, plugging your car into uh, into the diagnostic machine in the garage. Um, so, yeah, I see that as a major, major breakthrough. Um, and when you use
0: this in our project that we did, I was, you know, I was at the height of uh, I was really suffering with my fibromyalgia at the time. Yeah. And, and, I, and I did, and you did the paper version then, didn't you? And I completed one of those. And the, yeah. the things that came up for me, I'd already discovered, I'd just discovered just before I came across them with you, was that 5-HTP could help me with my sleep yeah. and my mood. And, yes, yes
1: and I remember.
0: L-glutamine, actually, I came across that through, I have a friend who's a Buddhist monk who has the same um, conditions that I have. Okay. Now that's definitely yeah. not in her mind. She's a Buddhist monk, so the, yeah. this isn't a mind <laughs> thing. This is,
1: this no, is this is biological. <laughs> <laughs>
0: yeah. And she told me about L-glutamine, which yeah. L-glutamine helped me with for years. I used to feel weak if I hadn't eaten for a couple of hours. I used to feel shaky. When yeah. I started taking L- L-glutamine, that didn't happen anymore. It's never happened since. Mm. So no. just a couple of those things that you had on there. Have helped me with my journey of healing so yeah i can imagine how how if somebody really got on board with this and and took it seriously how how much difference this could make for them
1: oh it it, it does i mean I, i i still to this day i mean i've been um working with so what you're talking about there is is um um, is amino acid therapy there, isn't it? Because uh, mm. 5-HTP um, and glutamine are amino acids. So amino acids actually are the, build- are, are the building blocks of neurotransmitters. Mm. So what you were describing there is was a, um, what we discovered for you was depletions in uh, the neurotransmitters, which we did for so many people with that project. Actually, yeah, didn't we um and the the way to rebalance those is is to take the amino acids two of which you've mentioned there um and you know i i say i still get blamed by the results we get from amino acid therapy because um i i, I uh, recently worked with um a lady i was just working with the whole family but it was her son primarily i was working with in terms of his addiction recovery um but we you know his his pathway into in, into addiction was living in a high stress high anxiety environment um and that was the environment of living with his mother um living with his mother and father um, but, and also his mother's mother now his mother and his mother's mother um, were people who lived on total stress all the time total anxiety and you know, I'd been working with them for a number of months, and you know, her anxiety was pretty horrendous. Um, I said, "Look, you, you know, you could do something about that. You don't have to live like that." She said, "No, well, of course, I have to live like this because it's just the way I am. It's the way my mother was. It's the way I am. So, and I, you know, I've been to the doctors, and I've done like antidepressants, and I've done, you know, kind of sleeping tablets, and I, I've been to a counsellor, and I've done some psychotherapy, and." You know, over the years, I've kind of tried it all. Um, as you can imagine, I said, "Well, you haven't quite tried it all yet." You know. Anyway, she she so we undertook this this you know neurotransmitter depletion checkup like we did in the and you know we defined um, some um, amino acid therapy protocols for her, as well as some others which I'll get onto in a minute. But anyway, the exciting thing was when we started this. Um, her, her score for her general level of anxiety during the course of the average day, so naught is no anxiety, and then if you took a scale up to 10, which is totally unbearable, totally unmanageable, she said she would live her, during the course of every average day, she was living averagely at like 9 or 10 score. Oh, okay. Can you imagine that? 9, Nine. or 10. <laughs> Just horrendous. Four weeks in, uh, to the process, she was living at, at, um, three or four in general terms. Um, and, uh, now, you know, uh, well, we're, well I don't know, we're, a couple of years past now. So she would averagely, her anxiety levels now would averagely be about, you know, two or three. Well, that's not too bad. Um, that, that's much more manageable at the end of the day. So, you know, yeah, it's really powerful. Amino acid therapy is powerful stuff isn't it yeah. um, you know it, 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 somebody who's 70 at the age of 72 who'd given up bothering to try can have their life you know significantly impacted in three or four weeks it's yeah amazing so what we've got to is we've got this blueprint we can do the checkups and we then create for somebody you know the, the seventh big advance is we create a blueprint a written blueprint for somebody which will, effectively, it's their own little personal, unique to them manual of what are the things they need to do in order to move beyond the, the barriers and problems that they're facing on everyday life. Um, you know, whether that's a behavioural problem uh, for a child, whether it's a mood problem for an individual, whether it's dependency, addiction, um, PTSD, ADHD, ADHD, ADD, whatever it is, we can kind of produce that. You know real unique tailored to them blueprint uh, which covers every area they need to address and 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 the power and need to have a blueprint is that when it comes to addiction, we know that it's really, really important for people to get to that five year remission point. and I don't think that's really widely known despite the fact that there's over 415 scientific reports have been done about the need for people to achieve five years of abstinence Mm. Uh, and I think this is the other really big hole that we've got in the system you know if you look up online uh, to get treatment you know you'll find rehab programs that are two weeks long four weeks long Um, for the vast majority not many that are more than three months long you know because certainly in the private sector and I think that's the problem, Katie. People think I can do a programme or I can stop drinking or I can stop taking drugs uh, or I can stop gaming or stop gambling and it'll all be OK. Yeah, uh, I think I think
0: when you know you hear people saying reach out for help. But often when people do, it's not the it's not the right help, is it? And, it's
1: and so you go around in
0: these cycles that are so frustrating
1: exactly that, yeah, we did we did it so yeah yeah, yeah no, years. No,
0: a lot of yeah. years
1: yeah absolutely and and uh, you know the great shame is you know a lot of the reason that people do that is because nobody at the beginning of their treatment you know nobody said to the family actually this needs to be you need to get this to beyond five years remission you know but but you know we're not unfamiliar with having with illnesses needing a remission point are we because Mm. you know cancer is cancer for example you know i think it's pretty widely known that you know for a a number of cancers uh people are seeking to reach that five-year remission point aren't they Mm. you know we get that one we know that one um what we don't tell people is it should be five years now you know, certainly in the UK, uh, you know, the government strategy has been to shorten and shorten and shorten treatment um, as the years have gone by. Certainly when I came into uh, addiction treatment 25 years ago, people were given a year's treatment as standard. Now, uh, for many authorities, they are seeking treatment, you know, high-end intervention treatment of of less than eight weeks, eight weeks or less. But what they don't do is they don't give people this follow-on. They don't Empower people with the knowledge that they need to deal with their unique combination of these hundred and thirty-odd um, Factors um, that that's a message. I would you know, really strongly share, that it is about doing a five-year journey but That's not to say it takes somebody five years to stop drinking. It's about once they've stopped drinking drugging um, gaming gambling um, that, that actually they regularly do some checkups and continue to do the bits of work they need to repair the symptoms that may still continue to exist which um, which
0: can be difficult in itself as well can't it because it's not just the substance you've got to stay away from it's the triggers to returning to the substance so for instance the sugar which is yeah. <laughs> can be in almost every food that
1: <laughs> yeah
0: <laughs> you, you, uh, and i've i've Got serious myself about um, removing sugar from my diet because I know that that I've got an addiction to sugar, and I know because when I've decided, after months of staying away from it, when I've decided to go and buy something in a packet, I'll eat the lot. So it's still there. <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah absolutely and and of course because that's linked to you know kind of to your biochemistry or whatever then it 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 it, it can be triggered quite quite easily like you say one packet and it's like okay i'm gonna do the whole thing now
0: yeah and then Um, and then i and then i'm like no i can't i can't if i can't buy something in a small amount
1: (laughs) i'm gonna say but but interestingly i mean there's over 40 um what they what we call post abstinence so for people that are abstinent not going through withdrawals i'm not talking about people who are you know going through the process of stopping drinking or stopping taking drugs for example we 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 get <laughs> or stopping eating sugar we know they all get you know real physical symptoms so it's not those we're talking about we say once people are beyond that point uh that the, there's uh, very good and robust research out there now that there are 47 other symptoms which can go on or reoccur re-emerge over a 10-year period if you don't proactively a identify them and b do something to remove them from being a threat um i mean i was just horrified when i first discovered that i mean you know 47 symptoms that can go on for 10 years that's you know, that's pretty mind-boggling isn't it mm. but you know that's why we've developed this checkup process to be an ongoing checkup process in fact I was doing a four and a half year um you know so abstinent four and a half years four and a half years into remission um I was doing a checkup with somebody last year um, and I it's a questionnaire based check-up um and as, as I was going through it I remember this guy so and his life was brilliant he, you know he, he was back Working in the career that he loved, you know, his daughter had come back into a relationship with him um, because she, you know, always vowed until he, you know, not to have a relationship really because it was so damaging, so toxic. Mm. So you know, that was there. His friends were there. He was you know, everything. Love. It was brilliant. Everything was wonderful. And um, as we go through the checkup, he said, "Oh." He said, oh, my God, he said, well, that wasn't quite the word he used. But, you know, this is for broadcast. So I won't tell you what he actually said, but (laughs) what he actually used. But it was, oh, my God, I'm in trouble, aren't I? His realisation that he was in trouble was that he'd answered affirmatively to three questions. Do you consume sugar? Do you consume coffee? And do you consume nicotine? Right. All of those things he'd stopped years before. You know, he stopped all of those within nine months of stopping um, drinking for him. It was alcohol for him. Right. So he'd stopped them and they hadn't been there. They hadn't appeared at all. But all three of those things had reappeared since I'd done my previous three month mm-hmm. check with him. So, you know, four and a quarter years, everything was hunky-dory and there were no red signs, no, no red flags there. Um, and then all of a sudden he said, Oh my God, you know, he said, do you know, he said, I didn't even realize I'd started taking sugar. I, would completely put it out of my mind about the, the caffeine. Um, he said, I suppose I'd kind of realized and had a little bit of awareness of the smoking. He said, but oh my God, I'm in trouble, aren't I? And as I said to him, well, you're not in trouble if you do something about it now. Because we've discovered it, now you're aware of it. And that's the beauty of doing the checkup. Um Anyway, good news was he managed to uh, you know, sit on top of them and uh, he's now, now now, now into remission. So.
0: <laughs> I think it's about taking all of these addictions as seriously as you would, I take now my food intolerances. And it took me a while to take them seriously. Yeah. Even though my body had, yeah, you know, Yeah. really sure. packed up on me, there was still, um, I still wasn't. Well, I don't think I really understood. I don't think I really understood how bad it was. I think I looked at it as I looked at a diet. Oh, I fell off today. I'll get back on tomorrow.
1: Yeah, a similar right. thing, yeah, was not it? Do. Yeah. What? Well, what? We do, don't we? We, you know, we kind of basically we like life to be simple, don't we? Mm. Uh, at the end of the day, we're not good at we're not good at difficult. And and I think the other big key thing um which that highlights really which is so important is to recognize that as human beings we are actually creatures of habit aren't mm. we yeah
0: absolutely uh, We're we, programmed, we of, that's the problem <laughs> you know,
1: we, yeah i mean we, we are so creatures of habit aren't we you know we, we'll uh you know we get out of we get out of bed the same side of the bed every day um not that I've got a choice because my bed's against the wall. But anyway, where we've got a choice, we, we don't, you know, we, we get out of bed at the same time. We have the same morning routine mostly, don't we? You know, be that, you know, a cup of coffee, a cup of tea or we do the shower next or, or whatever it is. You know, we if we travel to work, if we're one of those rarest people in, in today's world um, that, that travels to work. You know, we travel the same routes. I mean, if we're shopping, we travel to the same shops. We go to the same shops, don't we? We yeah. probably walk up and down the aisles in exactly the same order, you know, um, buy the same foods. Um, and I think that's the thing that, you know, that, that's the, the, the big underlying part, really, of any transition from one state of being to another state of being, isn't it? So if you're in an addictive state of being mm. or like you know for yourself you know you're you're in that state of being um of your kind of allergies or whatever impacting you um and then you need to move to a different state of Mm. being you have to have different habits don't you you have to create a whole bunch of new habits and actually that isn't really that easy at the end of the day because no you've got to
0: you've got to really really it's got to be really really important to you hasn't it more important yeah. than everything else it's got to be your priority your yeah, your body absolutely. your health but we're not here are we we're going to die if we don't take care of our health it's the biggest yeah. big, it should be yeah. the biggest priority but we often don't really realize that until something affects us so badly
1: <laughs> yeah absolutely and I, and I think sometimes it's you know we, we we want stuff to be simple don't we and um so I mean talking about you know, that that difficulty that you've Raise there really because it is challenging isn't it but you know actually when it comes to addiction um and reward deficiency syndrome and all of those you know behavioral and mental health issues in there so here's one kind of really exciting um tip that I would really love to share with people that should for most people this can still be a bit challenging for some people but for most people this can be uh, this is a really easy one to do um and actually If you're not already doing it, uh, so if your listeners aren't already doing this and then they do this and they do it religiously for for a week, I bet they will feel um, significant improvement in in how they feel, their moods and so on and so forth. So you'll probably know what I'm going to say because you've heard me say this lots of times before, but um, the real key is to eat protein every three and a half to four hours because protein is the... Uh, is the building block of those amino acids if you remember and they're the building blocks of these neurotransmitters and it's these neurotransmitters that keep our moods uh, and our behaviors in in a nice calm flow as opposed to if you've got one of these other conditions where obviously our moods and behaviors are not in a nice calm flow at all They're, they're anything but But because so many of the the conditions that we've talked about, you know, like ADHD um, and and almost all of the sort of mental health disorders, the behavioural disorders, and definitely the addictions, because they're depleted in neurotransmitters, the fastest way for us to get our neurotransmitter balance there and therefore our mood and behaviour balance sorted is to eat protein every three and a half to four hours. Right, about fifteen grams is what it takes. Um, and actually, anybody that does that will one hundred percent feel better. Um, I don't know if you've experienced that—that um, that, you know, just feeling not eating for hours and hours on end, and just feeling really kind of out of it. And then but that's eating. what I used to get
0: like before I came across the L-glutamine.
1: Right. Yeah. Uh,
0: and, and that so was happening since I was since my first pregnancy, so I was twenty three. Right and and i'm a lot older than that now it's about 30 years that was happening (laughs) wow
1: so so what was going on for you 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 were having what would be called reactive hyperglycemia yeah bearing in mind my my father
0: was an alcoholic so you can guarantee that i've got a
1: gene you've got yeah i've got the genes (laughs) yeah. so so yeah so if anybody can you know take away one simple tip from listening to this today Um, if anything's feeling a little bit off for you, um, you know, if you feel a bit woozy during the course of the day or your mood's a little bit off or your behaviour's, you know, off, um, if you've got, you know, a child whose behaviour is bouncing all over the place, um, you know, don't give them the sugar, find a way to give them protein on a very regular basis. And even just doing that without any other diagnosis or anything else, um, I guarantee for the, for the vast majority of people, for probably 85% of people, 85% of kids, you know, um, get some protein in and the mood will calm down. Uh, and actually, there's, there's a, a big research project going on in the US with the um, Academy for Addiction and Mental Health. Um, they're, they're, they're doing a big poster campaign about it and, and doing a whole bunch of research. And interestingly, just to show how powerful that thing alone is, I've never in 25 years, I've never had somebody who's addicted to alcohol. I have never had anybody who's regularly eating protein, never had anybody have a slip, lapse or relapse ever. Um, every single, every single slip, lapse or relapse that, um, that, that, that uh, my clients have had every single one w- without fail. The person has not been eating protein, has not been eating regularly in the 24 to 48 hours beforehand ever. So, you know, even if you're listening, uh, even if you're listening to us now and you're struggling with an addictive behavior or you're struggling with drink, um, if you can get to eat 15 grams of protein every three and a half to four hours, that will improve things massively. So there you go. There's a simple tip that that's, that's, that's not, too challenging on a habit changing basis that's a a nice kind of simple one and it's not just about addictions you know if you've got trouble with energy levels throughout the day you know, just find a way to carry protein with you um you know whether, whether that's you know um having some jerky with you or uh little tins of um you know these tins of fish that you can just peel the top of or taking a couple of boiled eggs with you or just, you know, research protein. Nuts, find nuts. nuts yeah, absolutely, 100%. Not not not, uh, not preheated ones, so not dry roasted ones. No, what it's I
0: did hear from, because I, I had um, an assessment with a functional nutritionist yesterday yes. who, who yeah. has done an episode on here for us. She's yeah. amazing. She's done, written a great chapter in the book. But one of the things that she came up with that I didn't know was that when you buy nuts? I buy them in bulk. I buy really good quality mm. nuts, but I buy them in bulk. And you should freeze yes. them. You should freeze
1: yeah. them. Yeah, yeah. know that. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, and yeah, and don't don't go for the roasted ones. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, you want the quality. Um, so, so, so it's about um, so that that's a great tip for something simple. And I'm I'm kind of all about trying to make things simple for people. So. The, the other big, um, kind of advance that, that we had was, you know, across the course of the years, I kind of realized that, and you just touched on it, um, a few minutes ago, actually, Casey, you were saying, you know, uh, you know, life happens to us, doesn't it? Um, uh, and unless we take deliberate command of it, it's just going to keep on happening to us, isn't it? Um, yeah even yeah. now
0: you know i'm quite busy with the things that you know, i'm excited about the, the things that are going on business wise but i keep having to remind myself that i have to come first my body yeah. is the most important thing it's easy yeah. to get carried away isn't it with life it and is. time and yeah. and forget that that you're important as well
1: yeah absolutely and i think so what what we've um kind of realized over the uh, uh over the course of the years is that so we, we, we just talked about people have to change their state of being. So if you want to be in a different state of being, you right, Take an addiction. If you want to be in non, non addiction, um, clearly what you need to do is you need to create a different state of being for yourself, don't you? Because, you know, if people, it's taken years to get into addiction because it's this progressive spectrum of things that, 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 have gradually got worse and worse and worse and the addictions come on board and maybe you've spent you know, classically, people, with the time I get to talk to them, um, have spent years trying to beat their their addiction, um, going, as you said earlier, going around to the same cycle again and again and again, um, sometimes trying to do things differently, unfortunately, all too often, trying to do exactly the same as they did before and expecting to get a different result, um, which, as we know, is you know, a definition of insanity, isn't it? But but it happens. Um, I had one family who'd put their son through the same treatment programme nine times over at a cost of nearly a quarter of a million pounds. Oh, my God. And in the end, that treatment director phoned me up. He said, you need to come and work with this guy because I don't know what the hell to do with him. Um, (laughs) So he'd done the treatment programme nine times over plus one other one somewhere along the lines. He'd done 10 treatment programmes. And it was because it, it, it was the habit. So we're going to change the habits. So a really powerful way we found and what we've realized is that our habits come out of a life cycle that we live on a daily basis. So our concept is to help people to uh, to change their uh, to, to, to change their um, their state of being but by just following and looking and concentrating on six elements of their life. So if they concentrate on their bio balance, so that's essentially what you choose to put into your body and what you don't put into your body, isn't it? You know, the food we intake, what we drink and the foods we don't drink. Uh, sorry, the foods we don't eat, um, uh, like the ones without sugar in your case. <laughs> um so our biobalance. What we know is that that has an ima- a massive impact on how you think. Um, I know you've experienced that with you know watching somebody who's who's got you know effectively their sugar brain on rather than uh, or their alcohol rather than not. Um, so our biobalance determines how we think, um, and if you then think about it, how we think impacts what we believe doesn't it because our beliefs essentially are repetitive thoughts aren't they um and actually what we believe about ourselves at any one point in time that you find that then determines how that makes you feel you know if, 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 you, if you wake yeah. up in the morning you believe the day is going to be pretty bad or yeah. it's going to go wrong
0: and then that's exactly in how
1: general. it's going to go. Yeah. That's how it goes, isn't it? Whereas, you know, if if, you're, um, you know, if your bio balance is allowing your brain to be functioning really well and you're thinking very positively and you wake up in the morning and say, this is going to be an amazing day, I believe it's an amazing day, it then leads on to the full failure full fail of that, which is how you feel. So if you believe the day is going to be great, you feel full of energy, don't you? And your
0: brain is right. creating some amazing chemicals, isn't it? Yeah. Instead of the really
1: it's crappy it. ones, yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's creating. You know, it's it, it's creating all those positive chemical flows, um, and then you act in a really really positive way. So it defines how we feel. Defines how we act, doesn't it? Um, I, I I remember what one of the uh, one of the ladies um, at the project that you mentioned um, at the beginning um do you remember actually couldn't get out of bed was just spending the entire mm. time in bed and i remember i think it took two or three weeks for you to persuade her to come along to the meeting didn't it actually mm. but if i remember correctly you you went and picked her up actually and to bring her to the meeting because you know her bio balance was so um so out of kilter um that yeah, you know, she didn't even think she could get through the day, did she? She certainly didn't believe she could get through the day. She definitely didn't feel like getting through the day. So, you know, her action for the day was to stay in bed, and that's how she lived her life. So it's about, you know, how we feel depends on how we act and then depends on how you live, doesn't it? Mm. So, you know, in, in that case, there was somebody whose life had just ground to a halt over a whole 15-month period of time, um, and therefore, you know, probably wasn't eating properly, and therefore her bio balance wasn't, so does that make sense? There's that yeah. kind of six-element life cycle there about your bio balance impacts what you think, impacts what you believe, in, impacts how you feel, which impacts how you act, which impacts how you live your day. Uh, Which brings you back around again. You know, the exciting work that that's kind of brought me into doing is helping people to live a deliberate, what we call a deliberate daily life cycle. So you can do, make little changes in each of those areas little by little, rather than making big changes. And I know through that project, didn't we? We saw some people make some really small changes, Mm. uh, little tweaks here or there, which made big differences for Mm. them, didn't they? Yeah. You know, cumulatively. And I think often people, you know, whether it's families that are struggling with a family member with a behavioural, emotional, mental health or addiction problem. Sometimes the family say, oh, my God, this is such a huge thing. You know, this is like climbing Mount Everest. And actually, you know, if we could just break that down, understand what the person needs, help them just to make little changes, a few little changes here and there. Um, that that will change that how that cycle works. You know for me, working in that way with people empowers them to bring along. We see you know big huge changes coming about really. Um, so that that's my kind of ten um, kind of big things that I would uh, um, big but relatively simple things and exciting things that are out there now in the field of uh, reward deficiency syndrome and addiction recovery mental health behavioral etc cetera, etc cetera. so yeah they're the big things out there and I, and I think you know I, I would encourage I know you have you, your community is, is, is full of therapists and coaches and treatment providers and there's some amazing people out there doing amazing work with people that want to change their life around we just
0: need people to know about it don't we that's why I'm doing the podcast yeah, because this absolutely. stuff is not known about, and I just want to share yeah. it and share it and
1: share it. <laughs> ah, absolutely, absolutely. And I, I think it's so, so my encouragement to, to all of the amazing people that, that, you know, you work with, a part of your growing and growing community and their communities. You know, if only we could, my, my kind of driving goal is to help um Other people out there, therapists, coaches, treatment providers, life change practitioners, um, functional health practitioners, brilliant people. Uh, If you get a chance to work with a functional health practitioner, absolutely take it 100%. But my my goal really is to help all of those people to understand that, you know, if I can help you to recognize that the problem or the symptom that they're helping their, their client or the person they're working with to overcome, if, if they can just recognise that if that's one of the progressive pathway symptoms on the birth to addiction pathway, if they can recognise that it's part of that uh, and actually just encourage somebody to, you know, maybe do a bit of a wider checkup, Because the fact is that the, these reward deficiency syndrome diagnoses um, and addiction when it comes to, yes, you know, when you get that diagnosis or realise that you've got addiction. That's so far down the road that actually if we can help out when somebody might be um, working with somebody to relieve their stress, to reduce their anxiety, they may feel they've got depression or low energy. You know, low energy is you know not just a little thing. If anybody's got low energy, there's a reason why you've got it. And it might be that it's part of that progressive pathway. So, you know, my goal is really to help empower all these other amazing practitioners, therapists, coaches that are out there. And to, to just perhaps encourage the people they're working with to, you know, take that wider look. And that's why we've created the checkup tools to empower Um, other therapists coaches practitioners etc just just to be able to offer that opportunity to their clients is okay well i can work on i can work with you on your anxiety i can work with you on your depression so if if
0: somebody wanted to if somebody wants to collaborate with you and and look into how they can help their clients with you how can they find you
1: so it's um simple web address really live life beyond dot co that's it <laughs> okay so live life beyond dot co <laughs> so if you've heard
0: this and it's something that you'd like to understand a bit more about go and go and check out mark's website i've got a couple of uh, is there anything else that you wanted to say before i go on to my no
1: no i, th- I think the other questions be- yeah yeah. No. I. I. Yeah. You warned me there were going to be some personal. Yeah. There's going to be some personal. Awesome, I want people
0: to know who you are.
1: <laughs>
0: but we can hear the passion. The passion in, in you anyway about this subject.
1: Yeah. I think the only thing that I would say is that the other thing that really saddens me sometimes, Katie, is is, is that when people work with really brilliant practitioners, or they're even contemplating working with a really brilliant practitioner, that sometimes that their neurotransmitter depletion is actually a really hidden thing that prevents them from actually either engaging in the first place with a new therapy, with a new practice, with a new coach, or, or even, you know, with, with a therapist, with a psychologist or, or, or therapist, um, or, or if they're already working with them, that they disengage from, from, from the process. You know, they might have one or two counseling sessions or one or two therapy sessions, and then they kind of drop out and it's so sad because the, the secret to that, quite often, not always, but probably in about 85% of cases, the big secret to that is, is that the person's neurotransmitters are a bit imbalanced. And therefore, as much as they might want to engage, they physiologically can't engage. Mm. And actually, by just repairing their amino acids, um, but just by a little bit of amino acid therapy, um, we can adjust their neurotransmitters and actually then they can engage. Um, I, I did some work with a, an absolutely brilliant psychotherapist. She said to me, well, people had a lot of money to, to go and work with her. They'd spend, you know, £2,000 to do a weekend's intensive work with her. Um, and they go home and she did a six week follow up program, uh, two calls a week. And quite often they wouldn't get beyond the third call. And she said, I don't get it. I don't understand why. I said, well, I I think I understand why it is. You know, they've come to you uh, courses with depression busting courses. I said, I get. Yeah, I think I know why it is. They've come along to you. They've worked with you. But actually, what your what all the amazing work that you've done with them hasn't done. It's not readjusted their their their, their balance. Mm. And actually, we worked with some of. Um, she said, well, okay. Well, let's kind of give it a try. And I did some work with four of the client four of the clients um and in every single instance within two weeks of us um doing a quick checkup with them uh, and then starting their, their their amino acid therapy uh, within two weeks all four of them had re-engaged with us. um so it's not that people don't want to work with your coaches your therapists uh, your treatment providers out there you know it's it, sometimes they just can't so that's why we've created that checkup tool because actually if you're Uh, you know if other practitioners can just help people to get to be able to work with them um, then fantastic because people walk away from really good therapy they walk away from very good alternative therapies which can really help them and they walk away like my 72 year old lady Uh, with the belief as
0: well that there's something wrong with them and they can't Nothing can yeah. be done, yeah.
1: Yeah, I can't do that. Because they've tried other things as well. So, they yeah. in the end, they even yeah. stopped looking. So, yeah, that, that's the last thing I'd love to share.
0: Thank <laughs> you very much. Collaborate, yeah. Well, I'm all for collaboration at the moment. That's what I'm all about, connecting people, collaborating. So, Mark, what advice yes. would you give your 20-year-old self?
1: Yeah, that, that's quite a frightening thought, isn't it? Um, I, To be honest, I, I would... I would tell my 20-year-old self to go read two books. Uh, Not just read them, but read the books and then implement them. So the two books, they're both written by um, an amazing lady called Denny Schneider. I don't know why I haven't suggested to you before that you should get her on your podcast. You absolutely, 100% should should get her on. Amazing lady. Um, So the two books are Beat Your Depression for Good. And as I would have been a nearly parent at the age of 20, but, but nevertheless, um, I'd also, and this book wasn't available back then. I don't know if either of them were. But the other book is Experience the Change. Again, by Demi Schneider. Uh, that's the number one guide for young people to feel good, be happy and enjoy life. And I think we need to be doing that for all of our young people in the world today. We need to help them to learn the amazing techniques that Demi teaches for people to, for young people to be able to feel good, be happy and enjoy life. Because then uh, down the road, you know, the next generations might not have to treat addiction if we could get people to learn how to feel good, be happy and enjoy life. Um, And her book, Beat beat, beat beat Your Depression for Good, is so much more than a book about depression. It, it, It taught me how to, amazing ways of how to think, how to feel, how to change my belief systems and everything. So yeah, that's what I would have told me at the age of 20.
0: Thank you for <laughs> sharing that. So if money was no object, what would you do?
1: Oh yeah, okay, well that, that's, that's, that's very easy because um, I have very clear visions about the future and uh, that, that vision of the future would be a six bedroom house in the country with, 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 with an annexed cottage or living accommodation. Uh, potentially for my amazing father, although I'm sure he will be independent until the days <laughs> <somewhere> past a 100 <laughs> when, 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 when he sadly leaves as well. But, you know, we'd love to give him an opportunity to, uh, uh, you know, for us to be able to spend some amazing years with him. Uh, obviously, as you know, my father, there would have to be a huge garden there for him to take care of as well and love and spend his time in and i might just sneak in a little bit of an accommodation center there to uh, uh to invite people in and train them as live life beyond coaches as well
0: <laughs> that sounds amazing and what's your favorite podcast
1: okay that's easy too um that's got to be yours um, oh thank you They're <laughs> yeah, no, genuinely for two reasons one apart from the amazing people that you've got on your podcast and the knowledge inspiration and insight and positivity and just the amazing stuff that shared um the other reason actually it also has to be my favorite podcast is because before listening to your podcast i'd never listened to a podcast in my entire life
0: and this is what i like as well you see because podcasts (laughs) have really been they've really helped me over the last few years i used to listen to them in the car constantly Jay Shetty was my first podcast but uh, so I I, I want to open the world up as well for people around us to be aware that this education that is free and you can listen to it on any any you can listen to it these days on any um I've forgotten the word any
1: device that's the word (laughs) 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 and
0: and and learn something without having to go and spend thousands of pounds to learn it yeah
1: so, absolutely or yeah, definitely definitely free free is good and don't wait for treatment you don't have nobody has to wait for for, for men I mean obviously something oh I'm do, certainly won't. not saying <laughs>
0: don't don't go and invest in Physi- yourself
1: bi- physiological treatment absolutely we're not saying don't, don't I'm not saying don't go talk to professionals what I am saying is you know when it comes to uh, the sorts of things we've been talking about today, you know yeah go get yourself on a waiting list by all means but at the same time you can do something about it which is exactly the yeah. point you're making and if it? you can
0: access the little tips that professionals are coming in Indeed. and giving us that you know we didn't know before yeah. and Definitely. and go and in, go and invest in yourself in somebody who's actually really going to help you
1: yeah that's, that's yeah. My, well, you, you've got world and, and the thing is, you've got world leading you know you've got some world leading experts here as well and you get to, as you say to listen to them for free love it brilliant Thank you so much for today. That's all right. No problem at all. Great to
0: catch up really. with you again.
1: Bye you for did, now. Um, oh, go I, on. I think, no, no, I was just going to say you did ask me for, a, 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 I think, kind of a book recommendation.
0: Oh, right. Well, you and gave me that one. So I thought that that
1: was... <laughs> oh, well, no, well, that wasn't actually... No, actually, that was the like what I'd do at the age of 20. But I think, no, you'd ask me like, for a book recommendation. Okay. And I, cheekily, I cheekily asked if I could offer a course recommendation as well. Um, I know so the book recommendation actually isn't one it's a series and it's the Dr Joe Dispenza series of books um, so his first book was Evolve Your Brain um, but but absolutely um, Dr Joe Dispenza um, yeah I love his work as well books. you love his work I know you know about his work as well um, and, and a course recommendation I would give to people to so anybody who's working with other people um, I would absolutely recommend um, uh, a course from the um, uh, academy for addiction and mental health nutrition. The uh, the, the uh, owner and teacher there of of the academy is also somebody else you should definitely have on. What what I've learned through my qualification through the academy is just incredible. So I'd encourage people to go have a look at uh, aminoacidtherapy.com. Okay. So, AminoAcidTherapy.com. You might think it's got nothing to do with you if you're a coach, a therapist, a physician, uh, but trust me, uh, our alumni across the academy include psychiatrists, they include doctors, um, they include naturopaths, they include um, functional health practitioners, counsellors, and it, it it changes. They will all attest to the fact that it changes their practices and massively enhances what they can offer to their clients that but anyway sorry well. about that <laughs> yeah, that's all right i'll
0: shut up now
1: bye for now bye bye
0: so ask yourself is this for me give yourself some memories learn to trust your Thank you for listening to the Soulful Valley Podcast. Hopefully you will have heard something today that helps you feel a little lighter and more connected and aware of who you really are. My aim is to share love, light and wisdom, raise consciousness and ease suffering. If you've enjoyed the show, please subscribe, rate and review and let others know about this podcast if you think that it would help them in any way. You can find me at... The Soulful Valley podcast page on Facebook. My website is soulfulvalley.com. You can also connect with me on Instagram at soulfulvalley.